It's time for two Larrys and a Mike. I'm Larry Dowdy. And I'm Larry Bly. And Mike is... Mike? Mike? Uh, Mike Mike? Uh, what's he... Hairball. Hairball. Mike has a hairball. You, know, you know, he hadn't been the same since he got locked out of the studio. <laughs> Mike's always got a rough time of it. A rough poor, time of poor it. Poor Mike. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard for this episode 13. We're going to be talking about Phil Spector remembering the musical producing genius. We're going to get to that here in just a couple of minutes. But we got a lot of folks to remember here. Uh, and I, I guess we can start it off with Mary Wilson. Mm -hmm. of the Supremes. away at the age of 76 at her home on February 8th in Nevada. Uh, she was born in 1944 in Greenville, Mississippi. Began her uh, career in Detroit in 1959 singing for the Primates. Yep. Which would become the Supremes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Barry Gordy knew what he was doing. He did. When he signed the Supremes. He did. Of course, the uh, in 61, it became the Supremes, uh, consisting of uh, Wilson, Diana Ross, and uh, Florence Ballard. And, of course, I guess uh, Florence would later be replaced by Cindy Birdsong. Cindy Birdsong, Gene Terrell. In fact, the last Supremes records, mm -hmm. uh, among them Nathan Jones, one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, consists of Mary Wilson, Cindy Birdsong, and Gene Terrell, and uh, it uh, featured crosshead phasing. Is that that vacuuming sound that you hear? Oh, today we just get the effects from the computer. Oh yeah, yeah. But back in the days, they had to do it with two tape machines, yeah, yeah. and you slightly alter the speed, and it caused a phasing effect. It was a great effect too. Anyway, and that's a great song. But Nathan you know, Jones. the wonderful thing was that Mary Wilson was supposedly the the glue that held the whole group together mm -hmm. always, because those girls were always fussing and fighting <laughs> and big egos, and you know, and she would say, "No, calm down. It's about the group. It's about you know, let's make peace because we 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 want to be successful. Sure, so let's stop fighting each other." So she yeah, she was called the the glue that held the group together. She was a neat lady. I have an interview that was done. Three weeks ago, I think, just just before she died. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's uh, just a couple of clips, and what it is is uh, she talks about what the Supremes were doing fifty years ago, almost to the day, and so it's just a couple of days that she mentions. Eighteenth of February, we did where the action is. That was fun. There was a lot of other artists on that show with us, so check that one out. And then February eighteenth, I Hear a Symphony was released. That was one of my favorite. Favorite Supreme songs, Holland Dozier Holland songs, I should say, because they did all those early songs, and I thank you guys for for that. And then uh, let me see, that was uh, February twentieth. We were on the S. Sullivan Show, yes, indeed, nineteen sixty six. Interesting. Wow. They were going strong. 
going strong. Yeah. And what was it I saw? Uh, Stop in the Name of Love was released exactly 56 years prior to her death mm. on February 8, 1965. Hard to believe. Yeah. What was that I saw? Mary Wilson was, uh, was also planning on releasing a batch of solo material, including the unreleased album Red Hot that she recorded back in the 70s. So we might still get a little Mary Wilson coming our way. How about that? Wonder who'll get the money for it. <laughs> I always wonder about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, who else do we have to remember today? Oh, no, no. you know, it's just getting to be the obituary column of the year. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> it's just terrible. I felt I have so many of them down here that I felt like I had to work up some organ music just for you. Too much, don't you think? We're gathered here today to remember <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Billy. Remember, I used to do Reverend Billy on the air. Yes, yeah, that's enough of that. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to run folks off anymore than we, than well, we normally know, do. There, there are some. I, I know we don't have any uh, uh, music to go along with it, but uh, what Christopher Plummer passed away, Leon Spinks, the boxer, passed away, uh, Chick Corea. Chick Jazz great. Jazz composer, yeah, keyboardist, yeah. band leader, percussionist, died a few days ago at the age of 79. He was a member of uh, in the 60s of the Miles Davis band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and Miles and Herbie Hancock helped invent a new form of music known as fusion jazz, unlike mm. anything previously heard. Yeah, very, very good. Oh, they were awesome. And I hear, uh, I wasn't at the show, but uh, Chick Corea was in the Star City about 10 years ago, I think it was. And people to this day still talk about that performance. Really? Oh, and I wanted to, you mentioned uh, Christopher Plummer, and mm -hmm. of course he was in The Sound of Music way yes, back was. when. But you know what? Here's the interesting thing. He may have been a plumber, but in fact, he could not fix a leaky faucet. <laughs> wanted to get that out there because <laughs> I wrote the line and I was determined I was going to use it. You just sailed right well, over Well, sometimes you have to go there. Uh, here's something sad. What's that? Burt Reynolds has at long last found his final resting place. You know, Ren what? Reynolds died a little over three years ago and he Hi. was immediately cremated. Okay. And then he was set on somebody's shelf until the family could sort out his estate, which concluded only recently. I don't know why it took so long. See, I thought this only happened to James Brown. No, well, then okay. he ended up in the backyard or <laughs> the front yard. But anyway, he died in Jupiter, Florida, but his cremains were recently interred in the, uh, the famous Hollywood Forever Cemetery in California, which, by the way, I've been to two or three times. Really? Absolutely. Uh, Tyrone Powers... Uh, interred there, mm -hmm. as is uh, the great Rudolph Valentino, Mr. Valentino. Yeah. you got a thing about cemeteries. I love cemeteries. Patsy Klein's. And these cemeteries <laughs> are beautiful because they have great statuary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. currently there's a simple metal plaque with just his name and the dates. But the family promises that they've commissioned a statuary for his grave, yeah. or as I used to like to say, a bust of his head. <laughs> <laughs> the family will not discuss why this took so long or when the statuary might be in place. So for right now, he is happily interred at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which, by the way, is interesting because it abuts right up against the mm -hmm. Paramount Pictures lot, huh. you know, where they make the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been Never there. that. Well, I, I've been to... California a couple of times. I went to several cemeteries. Mm -hmm. They have beautiful ones out there. Larry Flinch, did you mention Larry? I did not mention uh, mention Larry. Hustler yeah. Magazine, yeah. I know one of your favorites. <laughs> Landmark First Amendment case. Some of it played out here in Roanoke, Virginia against the Reverend 
Falwell yeah, at the Paw yeah. Federal Building in downtown. Right. He was 78, died of heart failure. Case went all the way to the Supreme Court and was later recreated in the wonderful and often hysterical movie, one of my favorite Woody mm-hmm. uh, Harrelson movies, The People versus Larry Flint. And he was nominated for an Academy Award for his portrayal of Flint. Wow. Yeah. And I won't tell you what he called Mr. Fall <laughs> throughout the movie. <laughs> That's what Google is for. That's what Google is for. Yes. Well, I know you're going to wonder about this one. Weatherly James Dexter has passed. Mm-hmm. Country pop songwriter, very prolific. He yeah. wrote hundreds and hundreds of big hit records both pop and country, died February 3rd at the age of 77. Among the hundreds of songs he wrote, including 38 songs alone for Ray Price, I didn't even know Ray Price recorded 38 songs, (laughs) he famously wrote all the big hits for Gladys Knight and the Pips, including Mm -hmm. Midnight Train to Georgia, Neither One of Us Wants to Be the First One, and The Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. He was inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame a few years back. My days at uh, WROV, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a little, little dowdy, uh, working part-time. There was a Jim Weatherly song that came out. And I don't know how big it was in the long run, but it was called The Need to Be. There's the need to be true to myself and make my own mistakes. I don't remember in that. 1974. I think you imagine. Well, I think that was his only hit. What was the Billboard chart? Was it a big hit record? No. Well, it, it made it up to number 11 on Billboard. Well, let me tell you something. Listen, I've, I've, lots of air checks from RRV down through the years. And yeah. I will tell you, we we went through a couple of periods where we played the bummest music in the world. <laughs> you go, you could go 15 minutes and not recognize anything. And I go, what were we, th- what were we doing that for? I don't understand. But, uh, it, it was that crossover phase. I don't know, but um, yeah, well, quite the list there. Well, I can't believe that I don't remember the song. Yeah, well, uh, maybe after you hear it, <laughs> you, you may understand why you don't remember the song. I don't know. But still, uh, just the fact that you, you got a country guy writing songs for uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that odd? Yeah. Three of her biggest hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and another thing that's mm-hmm. kind of sad, I understand that uh, Gladys is down to her final pip. <laughs> Can't afford to sue me, pipless. I know she's kind of pipless in Chicago or whatever. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, let's do it. All right, let's uh, let's dive into uh, this podcast and Phil Spector. What do you say? Oh yes, this is all about Phil Spector. Yes, he, he was the creator Spector. of something called the Wall of the Sound. sound. Uh, of course, uh, Phil Spector died uh, back in January at the age of eighty-one from uh, complications from COVID nineteen. He was serving uh, 19 years to life 
for the murder of Lana Clarkson, which dates back to 2003. But the wall of sound, I like the way he describes this. The secret to his sound, an overdubbed onslaught of instruments, vocals, sound effects that changed the way pop records were recorded. He called the result, quote, Little Symphony for the Kids. He was insane. <laughs> he was a very difficult man to work with and work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and Tina Turner, of course, did River Deep Mountain High. Right, right. And how they got along the studio without killing each other, I have no idea. Well, because that's true. Ike Turner was mean. Mm-hmm. Phil Spector could be mean. I read a book, a biography on, on him a couple of years ago, Phil Spector. Yeah. And uh, sometimes he would make the singers do 30 takes. 30 takes, and then he'd go back and use the first or second one. It just infuriated wow. people. Yeah, he was a perfectionist. The uh, man was five foot seven mm-hmm. from the Bronx, no chin. At 21, Spectre already had a track record. At 17, he had written, produced, and performed To Know Him as To Love Him. You know the story about that, mm-hmm. To Know Him as To yeah. Love Him, by yeah. the teddy bears? Yeah. Uh, to Know Him as To Love Him is written on his father's gravestone. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not can't make this stuff. Oh, you know me. I'm, I'm Mr. <laughs> I'm Mr. Mr. Cemetery. Cemetery. <laughs> I know this stuff. So anyway, he wrote that song, and uh, he even played on it, I believe. I think he even played guitar on it. That was in 1958. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And he played guitar for the Drifters. Yeah. He helped Jerry Lieber write and produce E. Ben, Benny King's Spanish Harlem. Right, right. He hired himself out to create top ten hits for Ray Peterson, Kareen, Karina. Mm-hmm. Curtis Lee, Brazil Angel Eyes, took the profits from those ventures and founded his own company, Phil Less Records. I remember that, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so on and so forth. But anyway, yeah, very considered to be just a a genius when it came to uh, music. Are you surprised that Phil Spector worked with the Righteous Brothers? Yeah, I am. I I, I guess he must have produced them. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what he did. Uh, I was more surprised that he worked with the Beatles. He Me and you both, Because he, yes. he was certainly at the end of his career mm-hmm. when he did that. And he put the music behind the long and winding mm-hmm. road, yep. which McCartney hated. And I happen to think it's just the most beautiful piece of music. I love it. I, I disagree with really McCartney is. on that one. Yeah. Not, not that McCartney cares <laughs> what I think about anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he did that. He they went in the studio and did just bare tracks, and he came in and, and did orchestration. It's just one of the most beautiful songs ever, I think. Do you think because of his work, uh, Phil Spector's work on uh, on the song "Let It Be" and even the "Long and Winding Road," uh, that opened the door for his work with uh, John Lennon and mm. George Harrison? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, probably so. Well, definitely John Lennon. That's for yeah. that's for certain. Yeah. And Lennon loved him. Lennon just thought he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they seem to get along pretty well. So, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Oh, hang on just a second, Larry. Wait a minute. That's I've just received a bulletin. That, that's a teletype machine. You're in these studios. It's a flashback. I've just received this bulletin. Okay. Because she just got her stimulus check. Yeah. Roxanne will no longer have to put out the red light. <laughs> Stimulus check. Okay. Oh, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. 
I just couldn't resist. Between you and Mike, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know that was bad. Uh, I just was sitting at my desk the other day, and I don't know why. Oh, I know. I had, um, I had my uh, studio turned up. Right, right. Which is right beside my office. Yeah. And listening to music. Sure. And uh, Roxanne came on, and I thought, you know, I love that song, but yes. it's so repetitious. <laughs> put out the red light, put out the red light. Anyway, but I love it anyway. So there you go. Well, it worked for the police. What next? So, yeah. so we're going to do seconds guessing. I will tell you that everything mm-hmm. on seconds guessing today yeah. has songs that Phil Spector had something to do with. Either he mm-hmm. wrote it, mm-hmm. produced it, performed okay. on it, okay. whatever. All right. Okay. Oh, and what are you going to win? I bet you want to know what you win. Uh, please tell me it's not a teletype machine. No, 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 God, no. This thing's a noisy. Isn't it something? They always run out of uh, ink. Uh, they always ran out of paper in the middle well, of the night. Well, that too, yeah. The poor overnight yeah. guy. I'll tell you how I know that. Oh, I, I know that. <laughs> I, the only good thing about working at a daytime radio station I discovered when I was at HBG in Harrisonburg was yeah. signed off at sundown, <laughs> was they let you turn the teletype machine off. Which I thought was just wonderful, except poor Joe Price would come in in the morning at six o'clock, and there was no news, <laughs> and we had no uh, we had no uh, affiliation. Yeah, yeah. We had no uh, network affiliation. Right, right. So I don't know what he did. I mean, he must have just made up the first newscast. I mean, like just really made it up. And those boxes of teletype paper weighed three tons. Oh, they were terrible. They really were. And worse than the paper, I got so mm-hmm. I was pretty good at putting the paper in. Yeah. But boy, when that when that uh, Ribbon went out. That was oh, jeez, what a mess! What a, all right. I guess you want to get into uh, this. I don't know. I'm, oh, I haven't told uh, you what you what you're gonna win. Okay, I'm so excitable today. You know, just <laughs> tingling to be here today. So, with seconds guessing, you will win a yeah. rather large and fluffy fright wig, a purple <laughs> afro, if you will, similar to the very one that Phil Spector wore during his. Tr- trial oh beautiful <laughs> do you remember those pictures yeah. <laughs> that ridiculous oh my god <laughs> okay well i hope i don't get them all <laughs> <laughs> okay Lair, here we okay, go i'm ready here we go you're trying hard not to show it. you've lost that love and feeling you've lost that love and feeling those righteous brothers righteous brothers okay. you got that one okay here comes another one when i was a that's Ike and Tina. River, River Deep Mountain High. You got it. Okay. Here we go. Boy, you got me on that one. And and I, I, gave have, you, I don't even have a and guess. I gave you a lot. I know you a did. A lot of it, too. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten it either. Uh, Black Pearl, Precious Little Girl, Sunny Charles, and the Checkmates. But what, once again, what I did, yeah, yeah. I went to the middle See, of the you song. You know you should leave the yeah. either the beginning or the very tail end. <laughs> no. Because I don't listen to the middle. I know. I didn't, I didn't cut you any slack on that one, no, baby. You didn't. Okay, That's here's a great another. song. This is. Paris sisters? No. Who even knows who the Paris sisters are? Well, what do they just, do? That's, <laughs> I love know, how you love me. That's to know no. him is to love him by the ah. Teddy Bears, a ah. song written by Phil Spector. Well, my teddy bear never sang. No about that. Well, so 
I just cuddled my mind. <laughs> I still have my teddy bear from when I, I was a too. little kid. Oh, it's the filthiest, <laughs> dirtiest thing you've ever seen, but I love him. One, I think one of his eyes is missing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get him a little patch, don't you think? Here we go. Okay. Oh, little darling. It's probably called Little Darling, but well, uh, I don't know. You would be very wrong, well, Mr. Dowdy. Well, it should have been. <laughs> that is Kareen Karina by Ray Peterson. But that was well before your time. In fact, it may, I think I might have been slightly young myself. <laughs> I don't want to put myself on the spot. Uh, so it's a little angel eyes. Little angel eyes. Pretty, pretty little angel eyes. You got it. You remember Curtis, who, did, who did that? Curtis. 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 Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lee. 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 Okay. okay. All right. Sorry. It's coming back to I me. didn't mean to tell you. Just because the bad days <laughs> You're so cruel. <laughs> I really, I'm really doing a <laughs> job on you today, aren't I? And, you want to hear it again? And I like to say, no, I'm not going to do any better the second time. That He's first. a rebel, the crystals. Ah. He's a rebel in a... are a little tough. I mean, little. It, they would be very tough for me, I think. That's uh, Today I Met the Boy I'm Gonna Marry. Darlene Love. You should have recognized that voice. You know, uh, uh, Phil Spector did a lot of work with her. I heard her interviewed many years ago on NPR, uh -huh. and she talked about one time she was tootling down the highway listening to the radio, and she heard her voice on a song, and they said that was the Crystals or somebody, and she says... That wasn't the Crystals. That was me. And she said, I didn't even know they put this song out. She said, he was always doing stuff like that to me. And she said, a lot of times I didn't get paid for it. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. Very sad wow. how they got treated. Yeah. Okay. That's your Do Ron Ron. You got that and one. And the Crystals? Crystals. Okay. Yeah. And here's one more. Be my baby. Yep. Or many would just say, that's the song from Dirty Dancing. Be my, be my <laughs> baby. I'd like to say I wanted that wig. Well, you're not going like to get it. I'd like to say it. <laughs> you're not going to get it. So that's just what it goes. I'll keep it for myself. Well, we'll just, just put it back in the prize closet. I'll put it on, pretend like I'm Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> Whew, I'm glad seconds oh. guessing is over with. Well, it is over with, and I'm sorry. You know, I think you did the best that you well, could. I, I did the best I could. Uh, with what you had. <laughs> so anyway. Like looking back my years in school, Mom, I did the best I could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that Herb Sharp? It could be. Uh, Herb was and the magic organ. It was something on that organ, I tell yeah. you. Well, I right. always played much friskier stuff than that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we're not doing radio tales. We're doing TV tales. We're going to do a time. TV story today. Okay. WDBJ Channel 7 mm -hmm. story. Okay. You know, I've told you back in the day, local TV stations everywhere had to fill 
many hours during the day when the network wasn't feeding any programming, which right. they didn't do all the time. Syndicated shows didn't exist. So you had a lot of early morning music shows. Remember mm -hmm. the barn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. And midday shows aimed at women. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Uh, what was whatever. That was way before The View. <laughs> we really Thank glad. goodness. <laughs> and in the case of WDBJ-TV here in Roanoke, right. even a morning exercise show. Who thought that was a good idea? Exercising well, in the morning. <laughs> well, you know what? Exercise shows were real big nationally. I can't remember the guy. The most famous of them all had, had a huge show. But anyway, the exercise show was starring Artie Levin, whom I used to call Mr. Mr. Muscle. Fitness. Well, I thought it was Mr. Fitness. <laughs> well, he was Mr. But I called him Mr. Muscle. He was solid. Yeah. Muscle. He yeah. wasn't a very tall guy, but he was just, you know, four feet tall of muscle. <laughs> and Irv Sharp was also on the show. Mm -hmm. He was the station announcer and the host of many shows through the years in his own right. Right. And quite a bird. Right. He, he really was. He was. Now, Irv was also a musician. Mm-hmm. He played the Hammond organ, and I think he could even play an upright bass. I, th I think I've seen a couple of pictures of him wow. playing an upright bass. Anyway, he sat on, on the set with Artie, uh -huh. remember, off to the right, right, and he played frisky music to go <laughs> with whatever Artie was doing at the time, push-ups, jumping jacks, whatever. And he was real good. And he'd stop when he was supposed to, and Artie would talk. So anyway, he was off to Artie's right, and affixed to the front of the instrument was the logo of whomever was sponsoring the show that day. Okay. Okay. Real big sign on the front of it. Now, Irv tells me this story years ago. Mm -hmm. So one morning, Artie is jumping up and down, and Irv is playing this catchy little tune, you know, in time to the exercise, and had it all worked out. Sure. And suddenly there was this big bang as the sign for the sponsor fell onto the floor. And Artie, without missing a beat, looks at the camera and says, Sorry for the noise, folks, but something just fell off Irv's organ. <laughs> now, I... I know from 27 years of doing a cooking show that you can always depend on the camera crew to not stifle their laughter, <laughs> nor the floor director, for that matter. At any rate, everyone, including Irv, got completely hysterical, and the show sort of went downhill from that point, but they managed to get through it somehow. And all of it was made even more absurd because it appeared as though Artie had a clue what he had said and why people were <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful story? It, it really is. And uh, <laughs> Irv Sharp, I had a chance to work with him for a year. I know you did. Uh, when I went to Channel 7 in 92. And I didn't know what to expect. But just a, a charming man. What always amazed me about Irv, he beat everyone to work. Isn't that something? Yeah. He, he was always there, 3.30, 3.45, and he'd be back in his little cubby hole. This is when Channel 7 was uh, there at the corner of Colonial, uh, Colonial and, mm -hmm. uh, and Brandon. Mm -hmm. And uh, Irv and I got to know each other. Of course, we, we had more banter on the air because I was out in the field wherever um, doing our show. But I'd always go and, and chat with him later on. And Was that he, when he was doing morning? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's All when right. he was doing morning. So yeah. he, they took his organ away. <laughs> Very sad. He was organless. <laughs> you know, he came over from the AM side, as many of those announcers did back mm -hmm. in those days. A lot of people got into TV accidentally yeah. or 
whether they wanted to or not, because <laughs> they went from the radio side to the yeah. TV side. So, uh, you know. Well, they were so popular on radio. And you know what was interesting about him? He used to call me when I was on the air at uh-huh. ROV. Really? He'd call on the request line. And I'd go, Irv, why are you listening to this wild, crazy <laughs> rock and roll? And he said, oh, I, I like the music you all play. And I begged him, please, please let me put you on the air. <laughs> and he would never, ever go on the air with me. Not, wow. Never spoke a word on wow. the phone. But we'd have great conversations on the yeah, phone. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. He, he was a lot of fun. Neat guy. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so was Artie. So was Artie Levin. But I always felt like I should do a push-up or well, something I, when I was around with Artie. I never knew Artie that well, uh, just to say hello, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our wonderful story about WDBJ-TV. <laughs> Tune in again next week at the same time. <laughs> For whatever. <laughs> That's a oh. great TV tale. Yeah. All right, uh, last time I know uh, we talked about losing Cloris Leachman. Oh, she passed away. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought, you know, she, of course, you know, like Irv, uh, spent time doing some radio. But I think we all remember her from her days in television. Of course, I, I still laugh hysterically uh, at, at Young Frankenstein. So, yeah, she, but she, but she was in at least three of his movies, including this one, which was the History of the World Part One, which is hysterical. Well, because and, and I guess if you can make it into a Mel Brooks movie, mm-hmm. you've made it. Oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, this particular little bit, she plays just one scene in the entire movie. Okay, just one scene, and it's uh, some poor impoverished lady who is um, in uh, some little village in France. <laughs> Okay, and they—they just she's in fact she's knitting and she has no thread. <laughs> she's just knitting the air. Okay. But anyway, she she talks about how poor they are. Okay. We have no say. No. We have no dignity. No. We are so poor. We do not even have a language. Just a stupid accent. <laughs> she's right. She's right. We all talk like Maurice Chevalier. Isn't that funny? (laughs) I've said it before. I'll say it again. Mel Brooks isn't right. Mm. (laughs) You've never seen that movie either. No, A History of the World. Part part, one. Part one. There's no other part. He never got around to doing another one. But uh, yeah, very, very funny. It goes through uh, various, you know, we go through the Renaissance and we go through all sorts of things. It's it's different periods. It starts out uh, back in... uh, Back in the days of Caesar, mm-hmm. and he comes into a, he comes into this big room and he tells a joke and nobody laughs and he says, "Man, when you die, Caesar's palace, you literally die." <laughs> Caesar's palace. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, too good. All, All right. Ready. Shall we put the wraps on this one? We shall. All right. By I've way, had fun. By the way, Mr. Joe, have you had fun? I've I've had a great time. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Close, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hope Mike has. Hmm? Mike. Has, has he? Uh, uh, you has, know what? Uh, I, we need to check right, in well, on ch- Check on Mike, and I'll do the uh, clue. By the way, next Mike time on the podcast, it's the great duos, duets in music. That's right. 
So a great duo. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's <laughs> hasn't, hasn't passed that hairball yet. That's, Poor uh, Mike. It doesn't sound very good. Hey, thank you for, for listening to episode 13 of Two Larrys and a Mike. If you like Two Larrys and a Mike, click on subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you like this podcast, leave us a review if you'd like and help us get the word out by telling your friends uh, and coworkers about our podcast. We release a new episode every other week. Is Mike any better? Is, is no. He's still, left, still left, working on left it? the building. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and Elvis have left. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you'll join us next time for two Larrys and a mic. I'm Larry Dowdy. I'm Larry Bly. And uh, we'll take care of Mike, Mike later. Yeah. Okay, bye.